Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time for Sunday Morning Alive right here on our website. Glad once again to have you join with us as we go to the Word of God today, and we see what the Spirit has to say to the church. Amen. God speaks to us that He might through speak through us to others, but He first speaks to us, and that's why we're gathering around the word of God today. We want to hear as the book of Revelation says, he that hath an ear, let him hear to each of the seven churches repeated each time. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the church. He that hath a heart to hear the word of God. He that hath the heart to give heed to the word of God. This is a spiritual desire to hear God speak to us individually, personally, precisely. Amen. You know, there may be a, a hundred people in an audience that listen to a, a sermon or a thousand or five thousand, but there will be people that will hear a specific word for them. They will hear more than what the preacher is preaching, even though he's preaching from the Bible. They will hear the Holy Spirit take something that is a logos initially, which means the written word, holy, sanctified in the Bible itself, and turn it into a rhema word, which is a personal revelation to you. And it's that rhema word that causes you to see things by personal revelation. It's one thing to believe it because you know the Bible is true. It's another thing to believe it because you see it for yourself and you are absolutely convinced of its truth and its reality and you listen and give heed with a spiritual ear to hear hallelujah i believe if you're here today you're hungry for the word of god and if you're hungry for the word of god you have an ear to hear what the spirit says to the church now if you're not a christian today and you're here I believe God has created a hunger for you to be here. You wouldn't be here. There's so many other distractions and things to focus on this Sunday morning. But if you are not a Christian today, we welcome you. And we believe the Holy Spirit has pointed you here, brought you here, so that you can hear what the Spirit says to the church, and you can hear what He has to say to you as an individual and as a person. Today we're going to be talking about the eternal you. We want to put the emphasis on the inward man today. There's a lot of emphasis today in preaching and teaching on the outward man and how to accumulate things to satisfy all of the desires of the flesh. But God's emphasis is and always has been been on the inward man and in particular where you will spend eternity, where I will spend eternity and where every person in this world will spend eternity. Their existence here on earth is a temporal 
existence. But when this life is over, the eternal you, the you that's inside this temporal body, will live forever somewhere. And that's what we want to address today. We want to get that in focus and that value system back that seems to have been slowly but surely eroded as messages have have shifted from the eternal to the temporal and from the spiritual to the physical and the material. I saw a sign on a fancy car the other day that says, He that dies with the most toys wins. What a lie. What an empty, empty, empty uh, uh, attitude toward life and life beyond this life. It is not... Well, Jesus said it this way. He said, A man's life does not consist of the abundance of things that he possesses. So when he says the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy in the Scripture, but I've come to give you life, and that more abundantly. Some people see abundant, and they see dollar signs. They see automobiles. They see jewelry. They see bank accounts. No, that's not the Oh, God can give you things, and God blesses us with things. But the emphasis is never, ever, ever on the stuff, the things. It's always on that that is beyond anything in, in value that we would value on this earth. You know, the Bible said we were not redeemed with corruptible things. After the tradition of your fathers, we were not redeemed with corruptible things. We were not ransomed with corruptible things like silver and gold after the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. When the blood of Christ that was shed for our redemption that we might have the abundant life, which involves eternal life, not this temporal life. Oh, friend, then our values shift from the material and the physical to the spiritual and the eternal. And it doesn't mean that we won't have everything we need. In fact, the scripture said, if we would put the kingdom of God first and seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things that we need will be added unto us, not because we seek them supremely, but because we seek Him <laughs> supremely. Glory. Do you understand that? Praise God. I'm so glad that my life does not consist in the abundance of things. No matter how many things we may acquire or God even may bless us with, we're never, ever, ever to put all of our hope and faith and trust that this is all we need to please God and to please our flesh and to please ourselves and all oh, friend. Hallelujah. It's not he that dies with the most toys who wins. It's he that dies with the full assurance of eternal life when this life is over. Something that death can't cancel and the thief can't steal. Hallelujah. The eternal you is what we want to talk about. We want to get back a biblical and spiritual 
perspective and if we have if we have shifted into that worldview that's being accommodated by many messages and messengers today we're going to have to get back to the bible we're going to have to hear what jesus says and we're going to have to hear what the spirit says to the church praise god look at luke in the new testament chapter 12 verse 16 through 21 listen to it Jesus, it says, And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I'll pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will bestow all my fruits and my goods. Verse 19 says, And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool. You see, this is a foolhardy and foolish attitude. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Now that means that God knew the time that this man was going to pass away. And he's reminding him of the, 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 the fragility of life and the certainty of death. Listen, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So he that layeth up treasure for himself, so is he that layeth up treasure for himself, things in the material sense, listen, and is not rich toward God. Here's a paraphrase of verse 19 through 21. It says, And I'll sit back and say to myself, Friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Wine, women, and song for you. But God said unto him, Foolish man, Tonight you die, then who will get it all? Billy Graham said, and I quote, There's a dimension to life called eternity. And I'm convinced that if a man believes this, he will live his life differently here. A man is not truly prepared to live until he's prepared to die. Friend of mine, I want you to know that's such a true statement today. Oh, friend. The world wants your attention. In fact, the world wants your affection. And not not just if you're a non-Christian. Even if you're a Christian, the world wants your attention. And the world wants your affection. And that's why the Bible said, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Him and the world passes away. Yes, it does. But he that doeth the will of God abides forever. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's a humorous story about a little boy in elementary school who wrote this amusing essay after they had studied a little bit, not too deep, but a little bit about the anatomy. And he was going to write what he had learned about the human body. And he said, he said, uh, your head is kind of round and hard, and your brains are in it, and your hair on it. 
Your face is in the front of your head where you eat and make faces. Your neck is what keeps your head out of your collar. And it's hard to keep clean. Your shoulders are sort of shelves where you hook your suspenders on them. Your stomach, S-T-U-M-M-I-C-K, is something that if you do not eat often, enough it hurts. And spinach don't help none. Your spine is a long bone in your back that keeps you from folding up. Your back is always behind you no matter how quick you turn around. Your arms you've got to have to pitch with and so you can reach the butter. Your fingers stick out of your hands so you can throw a curveball and add up arithmetic. Your legs is what you have. If you have not got, you cannot get to first base. Your feet are what you run on. Your toes are what always gets stubbed. And that's all there is of you, except what's inside. And I never saw it. You know, the Bible teaches the absolute fact of the existence of the human soul, the spiritual, eternal person within each one of us. And just because we cannot see the inner man, the eternal person within, we live foolish lives based on temporal rather than eternal values. And that's what God wants to address today. That's what the Spirit is saying to the church, particularly now when life that seems so set for so many people and so safe for so many people. Now, in the midst of this global pandemic, there's so much uncertainty and people are beginning to think about eternity and think about how short life is and how quick it can be taken away and how all the plans and all the investments. We have a, a, a dear friend that has made uh, uh, investments in the stock market. And when the stock market shook as it did, uh, all of those stocks began to bottom out. And he became deeply depressed and deeply concerned because his future in this physical world was based on a retirement that was based on those stocks paying those dividends consistently and even growing. And when there's a possibility that all that we have amassed to give us security in the future, uh, when that is shaken, we begin to think about that which cannot be shaken. You know, the Bible speaks of the kingdom of God, this spiritual kingdom where Jesus is the Lord of our life. Amen. As having receiving, have having received a kingdom which cannot be shaken. You may say, well, I'm a Christian today, Pastor Venerable, and I've covered those bases. I've received Jesus as my Savior. All right. I'm asking you today, what is your value system as a Christian? What is your value system? Does it match the values of the world? Are you buying into a message that instead of enriching you spiritually and causing you to be more aware of eternal things than the physical, material world? Listen, tens of thousands of Christians are looking for that that will match the values of this world. That God, a way to get God to grant us a, a lifestyle that matches Hollywood, that matches Wall Street uh, investors, that matches the super rich of this world. And friend of mine, that is a, a terrible, 
terrible misconception and misdirection of God's people. We should be traveling light to tell you the truth. Having food and raiment as Christians and having Christ and eternal life, we should be traveling light and having food and raiment. We should be content for godliness with contentment is great gain. I, I paraphrase that and say this is the true riches. If, if you can find a contentment with who you are, with what you have, as long as you have your, your fundamental needs met and you have Jesus and the promise of eternal life, age without end in heaven, and you've escaped banishment, eternal punishment, and you have acquired eternal existence in a place that God's prepared to live with us forever and then come back with us right here on this planet in a new heaven and a new earth. Listen, the eternal you, it's important that you as a Christian, I as a Christian, keep this perspective. Scripture said we should be strengthened with all might in the inward man. That's where God deposits spiritual resources. That's where the Word of God takes root to grow out into our life. It's all in our inward man. And though the outward man perish, ages, eventually dies, the inward man is renewed day by day. And when there is little or no emphasis on the inward man, and everything is is the spotlight is put on the outward man, then the flesh is fed while the inward man withers. And we are not, we our values then begin to shift. The paradigm, if you please, begins to shift from the material or from the spiritual and the eternal to the material and the physical. And people embrace a message that will make them more worldly, that will cause their affections to be more on the things of the world. And things in and of themselves are not bad until they take precedence over the spiritual benefits and blessings of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Listen to Matthew sixteen twenty-five through 26. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? This is why the enemy wants our attention and our affection on the temporal things of this fallen world than the eternal things of the kingdom of God, that we might choose this world and its pleasures for our flesh over the kingdom of God and the joy that is beyond any pleasure. I'm going to tell you, sin lasts but for a season. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that there is no pleasure for your flesh and mine in sin. In fact, the Bible said Moses, who was raised by Pharaoh's daughter, he was the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He was in line to be the heir of, of all of the riches of Egypt one day. But he chose to suffer affliction with the righteous than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Because he made that choice, the scripture went on to say, as seeing him 
who is invisible. He looked beyond the temporal pleasures that sin would bring him and would rather identify with the covenant children of God that were slaves in Egypt, working in those brick pits to build those cities and pyramids. Listen, he made that choice based on seeing the invisible world, looking past the temporal and physical into the eternal and the spiritual. Praise God. I tell you, it's it will change our value system if we get that perspective. I like the paraphrase. It said, what profit is there if you gain the whole world and lose eternal life? What can be compared with the value of eternal life? You see, being a Christian doesn't mean becoming a super sanctimonious churchgoer, nor a self-righteous judge of others, nor a lifeless religionist. It means that we have made an intelligent decision based on revelation knowledge and the Holy Spirit's conviction to receive God's provision, Jesus Christ, as our Savior, and thereby secure the destiny of our eternal soul. Hallelujah. And it doesn't mean having done that, then we shift back to placing our values on the things of the world. Someone said he's no fool who gives up that which he cannot keep to obtain that which he cannot lose. I'm going to say that again. He is no fool who gives up that which he cannot keep to obtain that that he cannot lose. I was bivocational for 12 years and and uh, and pastored and never missed a Sunday. I used to have to go to work right after the Sunday morning sermon and rush to work and work an afternoon shift. I was offered several times advancement until actually uh, the, the the my boss over me and and over that entire uh, shift uh, asked uh, someone. And they told me that they had asked the question. And this is a Christian man they asked. They said, what is it? What is it with Rev? They call me Rev, amen, because they knew I was a minister. So what is it with Rev? We offer him advancement. It would give him a lot more money uh, coming in and for he and his family. And he keeps turning it down. Uh, why? So he can be at church on Sunday. So he can be in church. And it's not just because I was a minister, dear friend. I made that decision before I ever became a minister because my value system changed when Christ came into my heart and life. When I saw the kingdom of God for what it truly is and what it truly offers, there's nothing that can be gained in this world that is worth trading my soul for the for the kingdoms of this world that will surely fall. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen, once again, this guy said to them, and he told me what he told them. He said, well, he has a different value system. He is putting putting forward in his life what he feels is more important than anything that more money could buy he and his family. You see, they were church-going people too, <laughs> but they didn't get it. That's why I'm talking, not just to someone today who doesn't know Christ, and the devil wants you to trade your immortal soul for the temporal gain of this old world. Will it cost you something to come to Jesus? 
I wouldn't doubt it. Amen. I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt but what things are going to change. Your priorities are going to change. You're, you're not going to sell your soul to, to, to just get more stuff. You're not going to sell your soul for more sin. Amen. To accommodate the lust of your flesh. It, it will cost you something, but when Christ comes in and when the blessings of the kingdom of God and, and knowing that you're going to live forever in spite of COVID, in spite of wars and rumors, in spite of heart attacks and strokes and cancer and wars and, and automobile accidents. Oh, friend of mine, when you have this blessed assurance, there is a peace that comes that cannot be bought with money and cannot be brought with all the things that you might possess. Once again, he is no fool who gives up that which he cannot keep to obtain that which he cannot lose. Listen to Hebrews 11 and verse 24 through 27. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. You understand what's on the line here? By acknowledging that he was part of the royal family, he was in line to inherit the riches of the richest nation in the world at that time. Look at verse 25. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Praise God. He saw that there is a life beyond this life, a world beyond this world, a God who we cannot see but is more real than the gods that have been fashioned by the hands of men, the gods of this world. He's not a man-made God. He's the God that made man. Hallelujah. He made a choice based on an eternal value system. He believed in an eternal God and an eternal self. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, the eternal you and the eternal me is contained in a temporal house called the body. Amen. Listen, and this house one day is going to pass away. But the man within, the woman within, the boy and girl within is going to live forever somewhere. I'm going to tell you a true story here in Orchestra Hall, Chicago, at a Youth for Christ rally. Stuart Hamblin himself tells about it. He and a companion were hunting in the mountains. Way out in the wilderness, they discovered an old house. He described the rickety old fence, the gate hanging crazily on one hinge, the bony hound dog in the front yard. Since the dog obviously hadn't been fed for many days, they rather expected to encounter what they found in the old house. They made their way carefully up the splintery, decayed front steps, stood on the storm-swept porch. The blinds were rattling and dangling with old age. The windows were broken out. The front door was ajar. No one answered when they knocked. When they pushed the front door open and peeked in, they found him. That is, they found 
the old, they found the old house, the body in which the man had lived. The old fellow had been called out into eternity, probably in the storm that swept through the rickety old place, shattering some of the window panes and littering the porch with debris. The old man hadn't time to fix the porch or the floors or the windows. If he was a Christian, he had hurried off to meet the saints and the Lord. So Stuart Hamlin wrote the song, This Old House. Can't believe that he wrote it. Uh, I can't believe that he wrote it to be sung in, in, in such a, uh, you know, upbeat manner. Uh, listen, what a picture it is of a departure of the real man from the old house, the body in which he had lived. But before Stuart Hamlin wrote about it, God had already written about it. Amen. God has spoken about how temporal this body is and how eternal our soul is. Praise God. The Apostle Paul put it this way. Amen. He said, he said, what, what, what shall we gain? Or, or rather, he said, I'm in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. He said that because he had previously said, if this earthly tabernacle, this old house called our body, was blown down by a mighty wind, and the word tabernacle there is tent in the, in the Greek. He was a tent maker by trade, and he compared our body, our whole lifespan on earth, as living in a tent, a temporary dwelling. And he said, if it was blown down, we have one eternal in the heavens that is not made with hands. Hallelujah. Wherefore, we don't want to be naked, but clothed upon with our eternal body from heaven. Praise God. Amen. Listen, listen. I heard an an old Methodist bishop uh, said this, and I quote him a long, long time ago. Uh, said that when he was a very young minister, he was called to the bedside of an elderly woman who just had a few hours left of this world. The bishop admitted that he was badly frightened, but the old saint was completely relaxed and radiantly happy. He tried to commensurate with her and muttered something about how sorry he was that she had to die, but she wouldn't hear of such talk. And she answered him, Why? God bless you, young man. She said cheerfully, there's nothing to be scared about. I'm just going to cross over Jordan in a few minutes, and my father owns the land on both sides of the river. Hallelujah. You see, the eternal you, dear friend, can have the gift of everlasting life. It's the rightful heritage of every believer, even the newest in the family of faith. To be absolutely certain that eternal life is his present possession. To look to self is to tremble. (laughs) To look to Christ is indeed to triumph. Hallelujah. You're going to hear a song this Christmas. And I hope you remember this last statement that I said to you today. And the song you're going to hear is, O come all ye faithful, joyful, and triumphant. O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and adore Him. Hallelujah. 
the King of angels, the King of glory, the Lord of hosts, our Savior, our salvation. Is God your Savior today? Is Christ your Savior today? Are you a Christian today that has bought in to the message that is not the message that the Spirit is saying to the church? Would you rather have Jesus come today than to win the lotto? Would you rather have Jesus come today than live to a hundred and know that you can't live another day and that you can't become young again and you can't live life over again and you can't keep anything that you may have gained but you have eternal life promised you. Oh friend, there's no hope like the Christian hope today. No riches like the true riches He offers every person today that will come to Him by faith, repent of our sins, receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. Today, if you don't know Jesus, you're not promised tomorrow. None of us are. But if you come to Christ, you're promised that you will live forever when this life is over and done, regardless of when it happens, where it happens, how it happens. You can have the peace that when it comes time to, as they put it, cross over Jordan, that our Father, our Heavenly Father, owns the land on both sides of the river. And as the old song says, you won't have to cross Jordan alone. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, come to Christ today. Come to Jesus. And then sing that song of the saints of old, the old account. Our sin debt paid by Christ. The old account was settled long ago. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We love you so much today. We pray that there will be a great harvest of souls just before the coming of Jesus Christ.